Good morning. Welcome to Church in the Valley. As Thad said, um, I'm the leading the junior high group here at Church in the Valley. I also have nine grandchildren, so it's no coincidence that the one movie that I get to review is the one cartoon, because that's about all we've seen in the last couple of years is cartoons. Um, we're in the middle of this series. This is week four. In the first week, we saw King Arthur, the legend of uh, the legend of the sword, it was about how a man can learn to please God. Second week, we saw Wonder Woman, a clip from Wonder Woman. It was about moving past failure, how you can learn from your failures. Last week, we saw a clip from Baby Driver. I haven't seen this movie, but I understand that the title really has very little to do with the actual movie itself. But we learned in that that real love can actually conquer all. Today, we're going to look at a clip from Despicable Me 3. Now, for those of you who maybe don't have grandchildren or children and haven't seen any of that series, um, the movie's about this guy named Gru. Gru is, how would I put it? He's not the most handsome guy in the world. Uh, From the time he was young, he was picked on and he was bullied. And... uh, So this is how he kind of developed over his lifetime into this just surly, angry individual who would actually go out of his way to hurt or to bother somebody. In Despicable Me, the first movie, that's how it starts out. But through sort of being adopted, I guess, by three small children, all of a sudden his heart melts and he... He becomes less than despicable, to say the least. In Despicable Me 2, he meets a woman who he eventually falls in love with. She's a secret agent, and so he becomes her sidekick, and they go on to save the world, I guess. Let's uh, let's go ahead and watch the clip for Despicable Me 3. How could you let Balthazar Rat just get away? You're fired! He's really good to snuggle with. Agnes, what are you doing? Since you don't have a job, I just wanted to help. Uh, Excuse me. (sighs) Hey, could you? Oh, uh, of course. Now, as I was saying, I, uh, oh. Goodbye. Seriously? Oh, I really must have a word with you on behalf of your twin brother, Drew. What? Twin brother? Twin brother? Did he do that? I can't wait to meet my brother. Brother! <laughs> <laughs> What's the difference between me and you? Who doesn't love this guy? Look at him. Oh, his hair would make you better. 
you kind of get an idea of where Gru's surliness came from to begin with. Obviously, he compared himself to his successful, dashing, handsome brother, and he became envious. And that's what we're going to talk about today is envy. Envy, uh, Rick Warren has defined envy as resenting God's goodness to others and ignoring God's goodness to me. Those of you that have been around CIV for a while have, I'm sure, heard the saying that our natural condition is we want what we want when we want it. That's desire. Desire and envy are related, but envy itself is, comes with that second part of that, which is not only will, do we want what we want when we want it, but, we, but don't dare get in our way, because if you do, I'll hurt you to get it. That's where envy comes in. Um, I don't consider myself to be an envious person, but uh, when I start examining my myself and my reasons for what I do, we all, I think, have envy in us. I just started a new job after 23 years with one company, and this new job is on Balboa Island in Newport Beach all among the beautiful people. Every day going to work, I drive past Ferraris, I drive past Mercedes. Uh, We manage property on the peninsula there. We have one house right on the ocean that rents for, believe it or not, $13,000 a month. Okay? I don't really envy those people because I've lived long enough to realize that um, though they may look like they have it all together on the outside, oftentimes that's just a front. Okay? But I still have to guard myself against, sorry about that, against um, wanting a better car or a, a nicer house or even a better job. The most 
the thing that, that bothers me the most, though, is at my age, I'm still out there working, and I'm looking at all these people that I'm working with and working for who have long retired and are just relaxing and enjoying life. And I think, why not me? That's, that's where envy comes in. Um, God actually, though, has a different plan. So does Rick Warren. Sorry, I missed my flip here. Rick Warren, in um, looking at envy, came up with a list going from A to Z, alphabetically, of all the things, all the evils that, that um, envy is actually the root of, starting with, like, adultery, anorexia. These are all from being envious of other people. Bitterness. Bitterness eats away at you. Covetness. Covetness is wanting what somebody else has, thinking you deserve it, why do they get it? This leads to depression, exaggeration, gossip, etc., etc., etc. It's a long list. All of these are the product of envy and comparing ourselves to others. The Bible is also filled with examples of the destructive power of envy. Starting in Genesis, you guys know the story. The first murder, Cain and Abel, two brothers. They both went and presented their sacrifice to God. God liked Abel's sacrifice, but told Cain, hey, you can do better. Cain got so envious that he ended up murdering his brother. Actually, it goes back further than that, if you think about it. Adam and Eve were created placed in paradise. There's a reason why we call it paradise. It was perfect. Beautiful garden. All they had to do was commune with God and take care of the animals and the, and the gardens itself. But Satan, Satan got involved and told them, hey, you know that tree in the middle of the garden? The tree of the knowledge of good and evil? God told you not to, not to eat of that tree? Do you know why? It's because he knows that if you eat from that tree, you're going to be just like God. So actually, that was envy. And from their disobedience there, sin now permeates the world. Um, Is envy, though, really this bad? I mean, envy and desire are so connected that sometimes we get the two confused. Isn't envy what we kind of base our capitalism on? Um, all advertising seems to be based on envy. Some say, okay, say you go out and you come up with a product or a service, okay? And you want to sell that. You want to sell that because you want to support your family. There's nothing wrong with that. So how do you how do you get people to buy what you're trying to sell? First, you want to create a demand. So you want to work on their desires. You want them to feel like, hey, 
My life would be so much better if I just had this. So that's fine, except the more you desire something, the more you, you want it and find you can't have it, the more envious you become. One of the worst, one of the worst commercials that um, highlights this are the ones on television for the casinos. Okay? The one in particular uh, for the Morongo Casino out by, by Indio. I mean, their tagline is Morongo Casino. Good times. And they always show people just oh, having a ball, dancing and laughing and smiling and pulling the levers and winning and everything is just rosy. They try to create in your mind the desire to, hey, if those people can win and have a good time, so can I. But what they fail to say and fail to show you are all the lives that have been ruined by people who go to casinos and end up losing everything. I have a personal example of that. My ex-wife, one day, went to Vegas, won a huge jackpot. I mean huge. Thought, ah, this was so easy. She wanted to go back and back and back. When I refused to take her, she found somebody else to, to go with her. Within a month and a half, everything that she had won in that big jackpot was gone. Within three months, she drained our bank account and... In the end, she found a way to take all of the credit cards that we had and max those out and get cash for them and lost all of that. We ended up getting a divorce, and she, for the last 25 years, is still living in Vegas, still chasing that elusive jackpot. Not only did we get a divorce, but she has no relationship whatsoever with her three daughters or our nine grandchildren. And that's just sad. So, what can we do to rid ourselves of this evil? As I said, God has a different plan. The Bible contains many admonitions against comparing ourselves to others and against envy. Proverbs 14.30 says, a tranquil heart gives life to the flesh, but envy makes the bones rot. So envy, jealousy, comparing ourselves to others is like bone cancer. And just like cancer, it can sit in there and begin its destruction and you don't even realize it until it's too late. So, actually, Jesus also told the parable in Matthew 20. It's kind of a long parable, so I'm going to synopsize it and bring it up to date for you. So the parable is about a farmer who goes to Home Depot early in the morning and hires a bunch of workers who are outside there to go work in his, his farm. He, um, he negotiates with them for, let's say, $50 for the day. Okay? In the Bible, it talks about a denarius. That was the 
wage, which is about a dollar today, but that was the wage in those days, a daily wage. But um, So he negotiates with them to give them $50 if they work all day. A couple hours later, he goes back to Home Depot. I guess he ran out of supplies or something. He had to get some more. And saw more people standing out there with nothing to do, so he hired them and told them, you go work in my vineyard, and I'll give you whatever's fair. Three hours later, he's back, and there's, there's still guys standing there. So he says, hey, you guys want to work? Go out in my vineyard, work. Again, like about 3 o'clock, still there's guys there. He sends them out. I guess they had a big farm or vineyard. Finally, an hour before sunset, he's back at Home Depot, and there's three or four guys just standing around. He says, you guys, too, go work in my vineyard. He sends them out. At sunset, he gathers all the workers, and he tells his foreman, start with the last ones hired, and I want you to pay everybody. So the last ones come up. They only worked an hour, and he gives them their $50. Then the other guys come up. One at a time, each get $50 until the guys that have been there all day who came at sunrise, and he gives them $50 too. Matthew 20:11 says, And on receiving it, they grumbled at the master of the house, saying, These last workers only worked one hour, and you've given them equal to us, who have borne the burden of the day, in the scorching heat. So, did those guys get cheated? No. They agreed at the beginning of the day to work for their $50, and he paid them their $50, so they didn't get cheated. It wasn't like they thought that they were cheated. They just thought they became envious, because here, these guys only worked an hour, and you gave them the same amount. So, How do we stop? How do we go ahead and get envy out of our lives? Because we all have it. So how can we do that? First of all, we need to stop comparing ourselves with others. Each one of us is unique. Each one of us is created by God with certain skills and talents. Um, I know I'm envious of people that can get up in front of a group of people and speak without being nervous. Uh, <laughs> But I'm here. <laughs> so God has, has made us unique. Okay? We're like puzzle pieces in this vast puzzle of his purpose. And each one of us fits in a specific place that he created us for. If we don't, if we don't honor him and we don't um, do what we're supposed to be doing in his kingdom, it's like we're telling God, you don't matter. I want what I want when I want it. Why, why should I listen to you? Okay, so, you guys see the sports stars, movie stars, rich and famous people. They all look like they have everything together, Right? They've got everything you could possibly want. Yet, understand the fact that these people actually hire people. They hire people to show you only what they want you to see. 
you don't see the, the stuff that goes on behind the scenes. You don't see their alcoholism. They're driving themselves nuts behind the scenes. Okay? Social media, though I'm not on it, <laughs> but social media today is, is very similar to this because when people post stuff on social media, they're not going to post the bad stuff. They're going to post what not only what is good happening to them, but what they want you to think is happening to them. And oftentimes you look at social media and you think, wow, those guys have everything. Look at, look at their life. My life is just miserable. And we begin to envy. So stop comparing yourselves to others. The people that you see probably, or not just probably, really, aren't anywhere near as cool as they want you to think they are. So secondly, we need to learn to enjoy God's blessings to others. I said learn because this doesn't come naturally. When somebody else is blessed, we need to help them. We need to rejoice with them. Um, Romans 12:15 says, Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. I don't know about you, but I find it much easier to commiserate with someone who's having a problem than to rejoice with someone who, has, who gets something that I thought I had, that I thought I wanted, that I thought I deserved. Okay. So, envy creeps in, okay? Often without realizing it, but envy is a choice. When we see someone else being blessed, often our first thought is, why not me? Okay, life is usually pretty hard. There are good things that happen to you, but if you're only happy when good things happen to you, that means most of the time you're going to be pretty miserable. But if you can learn to rejoice with other people, those people around you who are blessed, you can rejoice in their blessing and you can be happy for them, you have a much better chance of being happy much more of the day. Okay, third thing. Oh, um, I, I found a quote. I don't know who this is from, but I thought this highlights things perfectly here. When sorrow is shared, it is cut in half. When joy is shared, it is doubled. So that shows you how how if you rejoice with someone who's rejoicing, that actually reflects back on you and helps you to be happy too. Third thing, be content with whatever you're given. Ecclesiastes 6.9 says, It's better to be satisfied with what you have than always to be wanting something else. The American dream is more, 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 right? We're in America. We have the opportunity to be, to have more and more and more. The problem is, as you can see with a lot of people, having more is never enough. The more you get, the more you want. I know from experience, some of the most miserable people in the world are people that you look at and you think, wow, he has everything he could possibly want. 
Because even when you have everything you want, you always want more. The problem is that the more we have is the more we want, and happiness and contentment elude us. If you stop and think about it, especially here in America, every one of us has everything we need, right? I mean, if you compare ours, our lives to those in, in third world countries, we have whatever we need. We have the opportunity to sit here today and worship God without having to worry about being chastised or being chased or being killed even for doing so. So, the final thing is to trust God and his plan for your life. Matthew 20:12 says, These last men put in one hour, and you made them equal to us, who bore the burden of the day and the burning heat. Can you hear the envy in their voices? These guys... These guys didn't, weren't mad because they thought they were cheated. They were so envious that someone else got more than they thought they deserved. So be happy with what you have. Of course, in this parable, we can see that the farmer or the vineyard owner is an example of God. God gives each of us what he wants us to have. God created us so he knows exactly what we need and he knows where he wants us to be. So um, we need to keep our eyes on God and know that wherever we are, God is there with us and he has a purpose for us where we're at. Envy is just a symptom. Okay? But actually doubting God is the actual disease. So, we see that envy is pervasive throughout the, the lives, our lives. And it's a, a really destructive force. It's used by Satan to drive a wedge between us and God. Matthew 20, 16 says... So the last will be first, and the first will be last. So, don't compare your lives to others. You have what you have. Use it well. Don't envy. Life here on earth is short. Okay? This is not our home. What happens here will affect what happens in eternity. But eternity... That's a really long time. So don't be envious of what others have here on earth. Um, the attitude to envy, the true attitude to envy, is true love. Can you imagine envying someone and loving them at the same time? I mean, truly loving them? That's not possible. So if you love others, if you serve others you won't be envious of them.
Let's jump down to verses 26 and 27 in Matthew, Matthew 20. It says, Whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. So if love is the antidote for envy, service is actually love in action. Um, as the band comes back up, you'll notice that I have a, uh, a list of next steps that you might want to consider taking. First of all, stop comparing yourself to others. You are unique. You are created by God. You are who you are. Do the best you can. Second, be content with what you have. Don't always be striving for more. Third, rejoice with those who are blessed and bless those who are rejoicing. Finally, find a place to plug in and serve others. We would really appreciate it if you did that here at CIV, but you can do that anywhere. You can do that at home with your spouse or your children, or your children can do that for you. But if we are serving one another, it's hard to envy us, envy each other. Pray with me if you would, please. Heavenly Father, we see how envy, envy is a tool of Satan. Satan will use envy to drive a wedge between us, between our families, between our, our friendships. Envy is a very destructive force if we let it run wild. Help us to realize when we are on the verge of envying others and help us to, to remember the things that we talked about here today so that we might, we might think hard about what's happening and drive envy from among us. We ask this, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.